Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast, the first podcast intro of 2018 that we're recording in 2018. I'm Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello Swaft Nation, hello Oliver Davis, and a happy new year to you, sir. Happy new year to you, we've done this several times now. Well, yes, we have to, I suppose. I um, feel like we're performing <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah. But we just had a call with our WrestleTalk magazine editor, and we just had the usual, mm-hmm. like, and a happy new year to you as well, so I think it's just a nice formality that some people go through. I get see, we should wish... Every all the SWAF Nation listeners a happy new year. Yes, absolutely. Which I did on uh, the Wrestle Talk News yesterday. Mm. But if you're not a, uh, a Wrestle Talk News viewer and you're actually just a podcast devotee, then a happy new year to you, SWAF Nation member. Do they need their own name, the podcast onies? The podcast onlys. Yeah, yeah what, wait, what would maybe they be called? That's, I like this. Yeah, maybe like there are. I'd imagine there are. Is, there is a portion of our audience. That is just a podcast listener. Hmm. So if you would like to think of your own name, why don't you let us know on Twitter. Uh, I am at this is Luke Owen and you're at... I mean, I'm at Ollie Davis, but probably won't get back to you or <laughs> see it. No. Because I... I'm not really a social media man. No, it's funny, actually. I, I got sent a tweet earlier uh, about my Smackdown review when I posted it saying that um, while I think you're good at the reviews... Ollie is better because you tweet your thoughts about the show after you've watched it, and then for it's not a surprise. That is, I mean, that does actually play into it, though. I, I on purposely don't tweet a lot because I have hilarious thoughts <laughs> all the time. I'm a non-stop joke machine. Yeah, but I can't put that on Twitter because it's going to go in the video. Mm. So I, I, I just uh, over time I stopped putting anything. I remember the last one I did was last year's Royal Rumble. Actually, so coming up to a year. Wow. And I remember, and I did it, and I actually got in uh, like the top tweets about the Royal Rumble. Wow. In like a Bleacher Report roundup. And it was, the you know, the attendance at the Alamo Dome is like 65,129. It's just a shame that 65,127 of those are SmackDown commentators. Oh, very yeah. good. Yeah, nice. Um, Sort of a bit of a humble brag there. I like how I, like how I turned that into that time I was featured in an article. 
Yeah, God, I don't tweet too much now because I just keep getting featured in articles. <laughs> I just keep getting picked up by really high-ranking websites. And now when you tweet, you just get retweeted by Nia Jax all the yeah. time. So then you're like, well, I can't. If I just send out a tweet and get 13 likes, then what's the point? Immortalised forever in your very nice Christmas gift. Yeah, which you forgot about. Which I actually forgot about <laughs> until we came back into the studio and I saw it. I genuinely thought it was a dream. I was so drunk for the Christmas special. Yeah, I didn't realise how bad, because I was fine, um, particularly because I had to go to the uh, the theatre mm. afterwards. Um, but yeah, you, you came in, you're like, that Nia Jax t-shirt. And, like, I, I kind of remember how you brought it up, but it was just like, I just, I don't remember you giving me that. And I was like, I do remember you being very upset by it. I remember that bit. Yeah. And then uh, you said, it goes, oh, I thought you weren't going to do it. And I was like, no, I said I was going to do it. And then I did it. Yeah, the bit in my mind, in my mind, in my memory, you're like, I wanted to do this, but I didn't do it. So here's these other gifts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I could even got to the point where someone posted a screenshot of me holding the, the T-shirt up. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's some good Photoshop work they've done there. <laughs> Genuinely thought that. I, uh, I get quite drunk. It's It's horrible. When you start to forget what happens, yeah, I feel like that's only something that happens, uh, like genuine blackouts. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that bad? But I can't no. remember. Um, so I suppose we should ask now, really, now that we've kind of we're in actual 2018, mm. we're not recording in 2017, making jokes about asking how our New Year's was. How was your New Year's? Your actual New Year's? Yeah, it was. It was great. Um, got very, very drunk again. And we went to the Bavarian Beer House. Perfect selection of sausages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also a sausage party in the makeup of the genders. Yep. There were only two lady people there, one of which uh, I'm in a relationship with. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other one was a very lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of sausage, a lot of potato, a lot of cheese, a lot of pretzel. Lot of, uh, were there vegetarian options? For your lady partner? Yeah, if you didn't eat the... Just don't eat the sausage. Oh, okay, that's the Cheese vegetarian potato. Oh, yeah, it was like a buffet with all these different bits. Yeah. And, but, oh, my God. £500 was the bar tab at the end. Oof. Uh, because... And, like, we looked at the bill. I'll show it to you, actually. I've got it on my phone. And it just... Like, four Jaeger trains. <laughs> I, like... I remember the first Jaeger train. Yeah. Just about remember the last year. Where did the two in the middle come from? But yeah, it was very good. Spilt a massive Steiner beer over my lady partner. Nice. Uh, that wasn't good. Yeah. But yeah, we had a great time. Great time. What about you? Uh, went to my friend's house. We're getting married in March. Um, there were six of us there, all couples, and we realised that next year when we do this New Year's, because we're all six of us, we always get together, we'll all be married and we'll all be very grown up wow. and all that sort of gubbins. Um, but. It was very nice. We uh, played board games, played Mysterium, played um, a card game called Werewolf, which was tremendous. Don't like that game. Yeah, it's because you're rubbish at it. And Fall asleep. <laughs> that's the other problem. Um, and we watched a little bit of um, Jaws Holland's Hootenanny. It's not live. No, I know. Well, the, the it's crushed we, me when I first found out. We watched the um, the actual live piece um, that they do, where the BBC do just before they lead into the new year. But uh, a couple of doors down had a, a very good fireworks display, so we went out and watched that for nice. a bit. And then I celebrated the new year by having my first chocolate in over a year, because I gave up chocolate mm. and fizzy drinks and, and um, sweets and stuff for all of 2017. So uh, 2018 rolled around. We were like, as a celebrate, they got me a little Lindor chocolate. 
had that little Lindor chocolate and it was delightful and very much enjoyable. And then my tooth started to hurt. And then I had to, on New Year's Day, I had to call an emergency dentist because I was in so much agony. Yankum. Yes, I had to go see Isaac Yankum. I mean, he was about as nice as Isaac Yankum, Mm. I'll be honest. And I had to go, at 7pm, I had to go see this emergency dentist. On New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, and I'm now on some very strong antibiotics, which have essentially numbed my face. (laughs) Okay, I laugh there, not because you're in pain. I don't like you to be in pain, but compounded... Like, you're not having the best start, because <laughs> no. as we walked in to record this podcast... Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about yeah. this. Oh, yeah. And you are still holding your finger from where yeah, it hurts. I know. We've got a very heavy soundproof door that encapsulates this studio to make sure the audio quality is top-notch. And I stopped unexpectedly as I walked in, as Luke closed the door, causing Luke to stop and shut his finger in the door. Oh, man, it was heavy. Yeah. And it was, I can feel it. I'm starting to get a little bit more feeling back into it now. It's not tingling as much. Mm. But I haven't closed my door in something heavy in... I want to see... Your I, finger in something heavy. What did I say? You said my door in something <laughs> <laughs> You're right. My finger in something heavy uh, in quite some time. Mm. I want to say upwards of a decade, maybe even more. Makes you feel alive, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Let's I mean, do it again. Maybe, actually, this has been a good thing because I haven't... Like, my face doesn't hurt at all at the moment. Redirection. And I, and I don't know... Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it's because I'm on um, a, a quick rotation of paracetamol and ibuprofen every two hours, and as well as my antibiotics, or all of my blood has rushed to my finger and is now no longer hurting my face. It's probably why you can't feel the nail you stepped on three hours ago. <laughs> I was going to tell you about it, but you're, you're having a nice time. You look happy. I was actually enjoying today. Yeah. yeah, make a nice change. Well, um, this was meant to be a short intro and outro, but we've gone eight and a half minutes. So we're going to do the iTunes reviews at the end. Enjoy the podcast. Or stay right here, where we'll be starting our first show of 2018 proper. The one on Monday was pre-recorded. It's great to be back with... Luke, what are you doing, man? I'm doing an intro. Oh, I'm, I do apologise. I've just um, got the second issue of the Wrestle Talk magazine, which is a very fine publication with some excellent articles. I was actually just reading through the um, uh, the Wrestle Talk 100, which is um, wow. yeah, which is a, a detailed list of the hundred best wrestlers in the world, which is very different to favourite wrestlers, um, as has been pointed out on Twitter. Mm. And where can you buy this excellent publication? My God, the print quality is it's superb. so great, isn't it? Feels good. I'm not even joking. I like to just touch the magazine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the, at the Wrestle Talk 100. I mean, some people take against him, but I, we're particularly big fans. Was mentioned by Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. Wasn't it just? I, ran, I we... ran into my bedroom where my uh, lady partner was asleep. Sorry to reference the fact that we have lady partners. <laughs> For God's and, sake, Ollie, always bringing it up. And I was like, rewind, rewind, 10 second back button. Listen to it. I don't care if you're asleep. <laughs> Listen to it again. Was she impressed? No, she didn't know what was going on. She, oh. was, she was asleep. Who is this man? Yeah, what, why are you in here? I thought you were at work. I am, um, I'm not allowed to listen to Wrestling Observer Radio in the house. Um, because my wife hates Brian Alvarez's voice, hmm. and she just goes, I can't even begin to understand why you would listen to this man for an hour. That's not very nice. Isn't it just? Uh, so today, yes, of course, that magazine, you can order that in the link in the video description below. Uh, it's a different shop site to the T-shirts, so uh, if you want to get a T-shirt as well, you have to go. You have to click a different link. It's all in the video description, but it's superb. It's uh, available now, and yeah, the 100 Best Wrestlers... 
you want to talk about this? Uh, because that was <laughs> that was controversial. We did uh, a lot of top ten stuff over the Christmas period while we were away, mm-hmm. and Luke had you got a bit of stick. I got a text from him on like last Friday that said. Wow, people take top ten lists really seriously. Well, yeah, because I, I think you and I approached it very differently, and uh, that you approached well, I did it correctly. Well, you did it as like the ten best wrestlers in the world, but well, I think me doing a separate list would have been pointless because it would have just fil- been filled with the ten same people. Mm. Because let's be honest, the best wrestlers in the world are Akada, Omega, blah 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 blah. It's the, it's the, it's the same list. So I looked at it. I was like, well, actually, I'm just going to look at my favourite wrestlers of mm. the year because that's a different, it's a more subjective list. There's a bit more conversation to be had from there. People were very upset by that. Mm. Um, did not see where I was coming from, despite the fact I kept saying favourite throughout the video. People just did not get on with yeah. that. Um, so uh, people took uh, issue with the fact that I had Lexa Bliss in there, who is one of my favourite wrestlers at the moment, because I just think she's absolutely superb. Well, get on to the 10th best wrestler tenth, in the world, favorite, according to Luke Cohen in the more favorite, of 10th favourite wrestler in the world. is two very different mm. things. There were certain people who followed me on Twitter specifically to tell me that I was wrong. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's quite I'll tell right. my mum to stop too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she does send some horrible mm. things sometimes. And um, yeah, it was just... It was incredible, really, because this is my first year doing kind of like these sort of top 10 lists. And I was just amazed at how seriously people Mm. take it. What really made me laugh, actually, was on your top 10 matches of all time, the majority of the complaints were just like, oh, well, this is just a load of indie matches and New Japan matches. Where are the WWE matches? And then mine, which had more WWE matches, just like, oh, don't you watch New Japan? Don't you watch Ring of Honor? Yeah, I mean, no one's... People are never going to be uh, completely satisfied. I got to figure this out when the channel wasn't as large last <laughs> Christmas <laughs> and, and adjusted these. You know, because, like, you, you just make something for you, don't you? And you think, oh, this is fine. I really like this. I've explained myself really well. Mm-hmm. And then you put it out. And then there is there is a different level of scrutiny to the way you would go over a script of myself and then, you know tens of thousands of people doing it Mm -hmm. so that's where uh, it it can be poked full of holes you didn't necessarily recognise or maybe you thought you explained it well and you didn't so yeah yeah, you'll it's a learning curve. It's a learning yeah. curve. Like I, I just thought it was really funny that like there was one comment that I got on Twitter that really made me laugh, which was just that he was again very upset that I didn't have Akada or Omega in my ten favorite mm. wrestlers of the year, and he made the point because uh, I said like, mate, it's just a subjective list. Like it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It really isn't worth you getting this upset and tweeting me all this much. And um, he made the point, uh, you know, quite a correct point really, which is that. Um, yeah, it is a subjective list, but your opinions are wrong in that um, Lionel Messi is arguably the greatest footballer in the world, uh, but you might like your mate Dave better. And I'm like, yeah, but my mate Dave is pretty good at football. Mm. That's where that's where the difference sort of lies. Yeah. And I appreciate and I understand that uh, Akada is a better wrestler than Alexa Bliss. And your um, mate Dave. And my mate Dave is, is, is uh, not as good a footballer as Lionel Messi. However, I like my mate Dave, and I really like Alexa Bliss. So, congratulations, you managed, in a subjective list, (coughs) you managed to be objectively wrong. Let's get on with the reviews. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. So Raw kicked off this week with... A Kurt Angle in-ring promo recapping everything that's happened. It's the way we ended 2017 with authority figures in WWE TV. So why not carry that momentum through? It's, you know, when uh, it, it you start writing it and that little paperclip comes up, it's like, it looks like you're trying mm. to write an episode of Raw. Can I help? <laughs> and you're like, yep, Kurt Angle promo, bullet points. Here's what we're looking to cover. Although he did make one new announcement in this as opposed yeah, to just yeah. recapping what was on last week, which is that... The Royal Rumble, featuring the ladies, is going to be a 30-person rumble. So that's a pretty big announcement, and it's something that everyone was questioning because there were some some reports that it was going to be a 15-person match, a half rumble. <laughs> uh, what would you call it? Like a, a princess rumble? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Uh, then it was 20, maybe 30. This is a big deal, I to me at least, mm-hmm. and I think, I think to a lot of other yeah, fans. Absolutely. And here it was just a line in uh, a recap and then the actual starting wrestling angle, the, the storyline bit. So it, it did seem a bit throwaway, and considering how much they forced the initial announcement down everyone's throats, it's, I'm going to get in a weird state where I'm, I'm going to criticise WWE for making too big a deal, or, or not, that's incorrectly presenting the first announcement, but then not making... A big enough deal of this one. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's interesting because I thought they made a, a fairly big deal about it. But not like in the sense Throughout of... Throughout the rest of the night. Throughout the rest yeah. of the night. Yeah. Like, it, it was a case of Kangle came out and he said that, you know, there's the, the Women's Royal Rumble mm. is going to happen uh, at the end of the month. And w- w- people are wondering what the rules are going to be. And it's going to be just like them. And I, for me, I was like, this is great. Because my real worry about this, we're going to have a 20-woman rumble. And it's through the middle rope eliminations. Like the way they used <laughs> to do. Well, that's the way they used to do women's battle yeah. royals, wasn't it? Like, it, it didn't, you didn't have to go over the top rope. You just had to go through the rope. So you could go under the bottom rope and you would be eliminated. And I was like, if you're going to do this, because this whole piece is about equality, which is the best thing, the best reason to be doing this. 
let's not do a half-assed version of mm. this. Let's just do this the same way. And I have seen a lot of um, people getting a little bit stinky, stinky about this, saying that... Um, a little uh, bit poo-poo. A little bit poo-poo, saying like, oh, it's just going to be a massive bodge fest, and I, which I really disagree with. If, if this had been done 15 years ago, mm. then absolutely it would have been a bodge fest because they used to botch battle royals all the time. However, it's a very different product now, and a very different roster of wrestlers, and I think that these women could very capably... Cap- capably do this match and let's also not forget this will be choreographed to the nines like mm. they will be going which o- means they can't handle it when stump- when they're not well prepared when something goes wrong no exactly so if something does go wrong it does have the potential to throw off the rest of the match and there will be botches there I, d- I, I disagree somewhat they are obviously a lot better than they were 15 years ago even 10 years ago even, even ten, 5 years even ago even a couple of years <laughs> yeah. even last month but <laughs> to say that this is de- like quite easily going to be a botch free fest I, I I don't have much faith in that but the men's rumble gets botched all the time as yeah, well yeah. so like it's it, it's hardly a case of that every men's rumble goes really smoothly just ask Titus O'Neil mm. uh, so well what maybe what I I like this, this feels like a bigger announcement though that you could at least make a deal of so Kurt's or maybe Kurt doesn't come out at the start or he does just to set up the opening thing and he says later on we're going to announce the rules of the Women's Royal Rumble Mm. and then you build it up throughout the night and then you have an actual proper segment in like hour two where you have a returning WWE lady legend Mae Young she's she's dead mate she died a few years ago I thought she was still revolutionising women's wrestling no that's Stephanie McMahon ah so have her come out the lead star right Mm -hmm. and then uh, announce it that way yeah and then you could have a proper stare down I don't say it's just a line though Uh, but uh, an underutilised line so what happened oh actually Alexa Bliss was backstage before this before Raw kicked off was trying to get out of a match with Asuka. Yeah, it was, because this is when they kind of revealed there going to be some quite big <coughs> matches uh, in tonight's show, including Alexa, Bli- Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. Tenth the 10th best the, wrestler, the tenth in best the wrestler world. world versus the 5th best wrestler in yeah. the world, I hasten to add. Um, and Kane, uh, no, sorry, and um, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe mm. for the Intercontinental Championship. I was like, this is actually quite a, a big night. Although I was surprised at Bliss versus Asuka uh, just randomly on this episode of Raw. Yeah. But we'll come on to that later. But then uh, Kurt told her that we've got to settle these things in the ring. I've got to go settle my own thing in the ring, which is recapping uh, yes. what, we've already re- what we've already announced. But uh, he was then interrupted by The Bar. The bar. Seamus and Cesaro uh, came out to uh, kind of talk about nepotism mm. and say that the only reason that Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins won the titles last week was because Kurt Angle is showing favoritism towards his son. Yeah, favoritism was the word. They, did, I don't think they used nepotism once. But I would be surprised if writers knew what that word meant. I think they know what it. They just patronise the audience. Uh, so, <laughs> I yeah. They could have used a, a more applicable word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being really nitpicky. <laughs> I'm focusing in on, like, just one word here. Okay, I'm going to ease up a bit. Because I love Jason Jordan. I love everything they're doing with him. And the storyline, like, really sucks that Dean Ambrose is out injured for so long. But what a way to find some silver lining in this dark cloud of putting Jordan with Rollins. They become the champions, the tag champions together. I'm really enjoying what they're doing with these characters. It's really funny as well, because when we did one of the pre-recorded episodes mm. uh, last late last year, uh, we were talking about what's next for Seth Rollins, and you mentioned, like, oh, maybe a tag team with Jason Jordan, because that's what they've been doing on the house shows. And I was like, oh, I don't know, that seems like a bit of a, a redundant way to kind of go through the storyline. 
I've completely take that back now because the, if this is step one or technically step two I suppose I'm all in I'm really really enjoying this and it's mostly down to Jordan being so good yeah and it's just so Seth's really showing his architect persona and he's trying to teach Jordan like no you've got to approach this with strategy don't run down when the bar and you've got a two-on-one adva- uh, disadvantage I'm your tag partner come and get me we'll go out together do be sensible but Jordan's like no I've got like a birthright and I'm really good and I just deserve all these shots and I'll face anyone yeah when really that's like that's a noble baby face fighting spirit thing to do but He's a heel. He's just a spoiled brat on the inside. There's a wonderful He's Kylo Ren. <laughs> There's a wonderful moment just before the match started, and Cesaro just like just bum rushes him and yeah. he falls out the ring. And Seth is just standing over there going, like, "Told you, mm. this is what happens." Yeah. So this turned into Jason Jordan versus Cesaro. Uh, that the I mean, I listened to the Western Observer review of this, and they weren't into it at all. I really, really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I thought it was really good because. It was a strange dynamic. Technically, it was heel versus heel, and that didn't make the crowd that invested into it. But, you know, it was a typical Cesaro match, focusing on a body part and only working over that body part for ages. I think it was his Jordan's knee. left leg. His knee, knee yeah. Which yeah, Jordan's got trouble with, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for the crowd to get into either guy because you've been told not to like either guy, really, in the storytelling. But I just... I got more of a feeling that it's like a movie where you don't like the central character but you're fascinated by the central character so you are very interested and invested in everything they do like you know taxi driver or wolf of wall street these ho- these horrible characters but you're like i want to see what how you behave in this yeah well yeah. i mean you have just really done a very in-depth look and kind of like overview of this storyline and this match. And I thought that was a really, really interesting and very brainy way to look at this. I've written here, uh, Booker T chance, it's going to be one of those nights. There's also Rusev Day chance. And then at one point, Booker T uh, said that this is uh, the first time a makeshift team has won the belts in their first match. And I, I mean, I haven't done any research, but I'm like, oh, I'm almost certain that's not true. Mm. As I'm, I'm pretty sure the SWAF Nation will research so, that for you. Well, absolutely, but I can. One of them I'm almost certain <laughs> of is um, John Cena and David Otunga, when Cena was part of Nexus. Okay, I'm pretty sure they won the tag battles together. Cena I'm, and one of the members of Nexus I'm did not anyway. Going to get into this, but the crowd did chant "Daddy's Boy" at yeah, Jordan, they certainly which was did, yeah. an appropriate chant, <laughs> yeah. at least not for someone who wasn't in the building. Uh, yeah, the crowd weren't good for the whole night. No, they were very. De- they they popped. They were really hot at the start, as mm. I said, like chanting for Booker T, Rusev Day, and I thought, man, it's gonna be one of those nights. But then, like, they just sort of petered out for for the rest of the show, particularly during the uh, Bliss Asuka yes. match, which yeah. was a real, real shame. Well, that was a, that was a poorly put together match, I think. Um, and the crowd was super into Seth though. Like, yeah. uh, there was they were kind of like murmurs during the match, but as soon as Seth got involved, the crowd popped huge for him. It's like the crowd wanted to have fun. I see. I'm I'm always on the crowd side because I think the crowd have paid their money. I think WWE should put on a good show, and you know it's up to WWE to make the crowd good, not the other way around. Though that's not always the case. Uh, so yeah, I I feel like the the energy was definitely there for the crowd, but you know when you start things off with a promo from Kurt Angle and backstage stuff and main event beforehand, sometimes you you do get bored out by mm-hmm. WWE. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. But I think this could be a very, very cool story. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm really fascinated to see where the Jordan Rollins angle triangle goes. I just hope they can get away from the bar. 
mm. and do something else. Roman Reigns was up next with a promo. Uh, he was telling Rene Young he's going to beat up Samoa Joe in their Intercontinental title match because Joe's a punk. He is. This was a nice and short promo. Uh, heavily scripted, stifly delivered, but it was short, and that's mm. the key to it. Yeah, um, because after this promo, I was like, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> And then Samoa Joe's one later, and I was like, "Oh no, this was this was this was a that's a promo." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Joe's promo later was magic. It's yeah, very very good. Bray Wyatt was up next facing Apollo Cruz. I've written here longer match than I would have thought. Yeah, this went over quite a long time. Yeah, that's that's a story of a few of the matches on this show, and last week as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I like long matches, but they seem to be killing off the crowd a bit. Crowd was dead mm. during this match. Absolutely dead. But on the plus side of things, Apollo Apollo Crews looked pretty good. Well, uh, Michael Cole told us 2018 is going to be a really good year for Apollo Crews. I doubt it. Well, it's just like, <laughs> he, it obviously isn't. So when Michael <laughs> Cole says that, I think, well, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot, Michael Cole, that you've told me that. That's blatantly true. It's the whole double speak argument again. So why should I believe anything you say? You're supposed to be an expert, not a salesman. And you're coming off like a, you know, a car, a used car salesman in this way. Particularly later on in the show when he's just like, man, Elias is the best singer. He's mm. going to give us the best. Every time it's just like, oh, this is like Woodstock. And I'm like, but it's not, Michael Cole. Again, you're causing distrust. Yeah. yeah, so a lead play-by-play announcer really needs credibility. And Michael Cole has none. And yeah. I don't think he can ever get it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in a bad mood. You are in a bad mood. What's happened, <laughs> I man? don't know. I just, uh, I quite enjoyed the TV this week as well, overall, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one here with chronic toothache. I yes, should be the one who, who should yeah. be in, like, really miserable. But I'm trying to look at the bright side of things. I thought Apollo Crews were pretty good. I <laughs> thought Dana Brooke falling into Titus O'Neil was quite funny. Yeah, so Titus Worldwide uh, were ringside. Sorry, Titus Worldwide were ringside. And uh, they, they, they added to the match, I thought. Dana Brooke, as... Doing a statistics. Stat- statistician, I think, is, I think. Statistician. Statistician. Yeah. Statistician. <laughs> uh, and Titus O'Neill were there. And Bray Wyatt was, you know, occasionally staring at Dana Brooke in a, I'm going to, I don't know, eat, eat you. you way yeah. He's the eater, eater of, of worlds. worlds. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that could uh, be interpreted in many different ways. Couldn't adjust. Uh, so, yeah, the Apollo lost, as we all knew he would, and then... Woken Matt Hardy appears on the Titan Tron. Yep. Ooh, and he cuts a promo. <laughs> I have written here, he says stuff. Mm. Mm. Which used to be Bray Wyatt's thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame because I always, when Matt Hardy's, I don't think Woken or Broken Matt Hardy promos are gibberish. I think they have a really fascinating internal logic and they build up this wonderful mythology. This one, I, it didn't didn't connect with me i didn't feel like he added anything to previous weeks the only new cool thing he did was uh get broke like broken into multiple screens oh was that what that was i guess all, all i, could I th- got from it all i could think of was you remember that that joke in wayne's world when um he's asking cassandra about um being with benjamin bunjamin hmm. and he's she goes where did you hear this he goes oh you know you hear it from friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two mm. friends, and so on, and so on. And that was the only thing I could think of then for the rest of the promo. It was could just be like, that. like oh, I should go and watch Wayne's World. That's a really great film. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't want to sell a match. You want to sell a movie from the 90s. <laughs> from 1992. Yeah. Uh, so this was... Uh, and then it cuts... So you pointed out yesterday to me, 
it didn't cut to the announcers going, oh, that's a bit stupid, which was really good because that makes it, at least it makes this feel like an actual feud rather than something we should laugh at. Mm-hmm. But it did cut back to Bray Wyatt with the sort of look on his face where he's like, what's happening? <laughs> what is going what's on going here? Going on? Which I, you know, I didn't really mind because Bray Wyatt's usually put in this place. No, Bray Wyatt is putting people in this place, sorry. And now he's sort of having the, the crazy tables turned on him. Yeah, maybe. So I, I did enjoy it, but it isn't like, I mean, when Woken Hardy first was teased, I don't think anyone thought it would it would be here, you know, several weeks later. Well, this is the thing, is that we, we said a couple of weeks ago that, man, I hope this is going to change up a little bit. And yeah, I'm just, I still feel like I'm waiting for this to change up a little bit. Mm, needs another gear. Yeah. Uh, but it will probably be in a holding pattern until... Royal, Royal 205 Rumble. Live, oh, 205 live tour. tour, yeah, of course. Nia Jax, we're going to talk about this now, <clears throat> was next bringing Enzo Amore soup backstage, chicken soup, because he's got the flu, which is a shoot. Yes, he it is, was, yeah. uh, He apparently turned up at Raw, and they sent him home because he had the flu, and, like, and he, he wanted to compete. Uh, but yeah, they sent him back. What a fighting champion. Yeah, uh, which is like... The one good backstage story I've ever heard about Enzo Amore. I'm sure Corey Graves will find a way to turn mm. it around, though. Uh, so, Naya's very concerned. She showed she's up rushing... to try and give us all the flu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's trying to, I guess, leave the building to get the chicken soup to Enzo. And Alexa Bliss is like, oh, you're going to help me out in my match against Asuka later. And she's like, oh, but Enzo needs the soup. And Alexa's like, but... You know, it's either me or Enzo, and she chooses Enzo. She certainly did. Which I, I I don't know how that plays in the. It's a, it was a nice moment because Alexa is left alone as the, against this uh, her opponent later on. But I didn't know Naya and Enzo's relationship was at the phase where she can visit him in hospital ill. Um... In my mind, they haven't even broached a date yet they haven't no even that's that's very true yeah i completely agree with you on that one yeah so i thought that was shows you how invested bit, i am in this storyline yeah. i didn't give that any thoughts i'm pretty invested in that storyline <laughs> so then that's we had with your t-shirt yeah, just behind yeah, you yeah then we had asuka versus alexa bliss mm. the you know do you want to take this away because these are two <laughs> in the world now i actually maybe i really am in the minority here but I really liked this match, hmm. and I, I I thought this was. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I'm just trying to hold Inca Force. <laughs> I really liked this match. I thought it was a really. I mean, my only thing I would say about this was that a this should have been saved for the pay per view. I was hmm. waiting when Alexa Bliss or when Asuka was making her entrance. I was waiting for Absolution to do a run in or to break it up or for this match not to happen. All I kept thinking was like, well, this match isn't, they can't be doing this match now because that is stupid to be doing this now when you mm. could be saving this for further down the line. Maybe once Asuka's won the Royal Rumble and then you lead towards her eventual match at WrestleMania. But nope, they, they started the match and then I was like, oh no, this is this is still going. Yeah. And so yeah, it, this should have been safer pay-per-view and a better crowd would have made this match better. But because the crowd were absolutely dead, nothing really... It felt like nothing was building in the match. However, I really enjoyed the story that they told. I thought that it was... Um, Asuka looked really great. I thought that Bliss played her part really, really well. Overall, I thought this was quite a success. 
but it should have been saved for down the line. Yeah, totally agree with saving it for a pay-per-view because, first off, no build. It's just here. Mm-hmm. I thought this was, you know, I thought they were steadily building Asker up for this shot. Yeah. Why would you give... I mean, it's non-title, but, um, you know, you get what I mean. Well, maybe this is going to suggest then that Paige will be champion come WrestleMania rather than Bliss. Potentially, or Ronda Rousey. I mean, well, I don't know, do you? No, we were saving that for the SummerSlam, remember? Oh, are we? Uh, and the they had... It's like, why would you put the undefeated streak up against a champion? So I know it's not the title wasn't on the line, but you don't really want to beat your champions. No. So why would you book yourself into a corner like that? Mm-hmm. So you, I guess you either had a, a screw finish and you have a run in, mm-hmm. or just don't book it. Yeah, well, that's it. It's the um, uh, it's the Ryback CM Punk thing. Mm. Uh, Hell in a couple of years ago when Punk was champion, and it's like, well, Punk needs to stay champion because he needs uh. to lose to the Rock come Royal Rumble. But Ryback is really hot, so we need to put him into this match. But we don't want Ryback to lose because he's an undefeated streak. But Punk can't lose. But it's a hell in a cell, so we can't do a DQ. Um, The referee's screwy. Get Brad Maddox on the phone. Exactly, yeah. And then it just completely killed all of uh, Ryback's momentum. But there's, there's a simple way around that. Don't book yourselves into that mm. corner. Yeah. And they could have done that, that same thing here. So I... Although I really like, I mean, I really like when Ryback did just turn up at the end of that Raw to set up the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's another thing. I So the actual match itself, I liked that they got a lot of time, but you know, 16 minutes for an Alexa Bliss match, I, I don't think, you know, I don't rate her as highly, mm-hmm. her in-ring, in-ring work as highly mm-hmm. as you do. Uh, it obviously made the crowd bored. I had a problem because there was there was a lot of stalling. Alexa would roll out the ring and you know sort of walk away from Ale- uh, Asuka a lot, which is good. That tells a story that Bliss is afraid of Asuka. Unfortunately, it saps an already sapping crowd. This was a crowd that wanted to have fun, but you are just slowly, really draining the energy out of them. Yeah. So the way to I mean. My favourite way of stalling that I've ever seen is Bully Ray, or Macho Man back in the 80s when he was a heel. But Bully Ray, more recently, he would get out the ring before he has to fight someone, keep on dragging it out, whipping the crowd into a frenzy and just shouting at fans yeah. who were you know, giving them lip on the on, at ringside. Uh, but Alexa Bliss wasn't doing that. And she has the capacity to do it because she is, you know, the, the nasty queen bitch. But the, yeah, she did. She just walked around scared. Whereas I would have liked to have seen her go to the outside and deflect her fear by shouting at the audience. And then you can whip up the crowd that way. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way WWE don't seem to like crowd participation unless Stephanie McMahon leads you in a chant. Yeah. So I I thought, I've got to be honest, I was bored of the match. I thought it went on way too long. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I, I have my issues with it, but I liked it overall. Well, something we do both agree on is what came next, and that is Samoa Joe's hell of a promo, promo of the week, Mwah. promo, therefore, of the year. Yeah, this was... This is the best wrestling promo of the year. I, I mean, I said it earlier, but I will say it again. This was magic. This promo not only exposed Roman Reigns for being the promo that he is, mm. this exposed, I would say, almost all of WWE... Uh, in in terms of their promos because this didn't feel like a scripted promo this just felt like a pissed off dude who was about to go out and hurt someone and it was awesome Joe is so so good on the mic and he's so good in the ring he's absolutely awesome I'm really hoping there's some big things for him this year yeah he really deserves it because he I don't think WWE backstage ever saw him at this level 
And to be honest, they're probably, you know, they, they're probably dragging him back a bit. I think if you strap the rocket to Joe, he could be a legit main eventer. Absolutely. Uh, but like a mega, not a megastar main eventer, but you know, like a pretty up there, mm-hmm. just below Reigns and Cena and and uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Because he's got that authenticity. He's a great promo. He's a great wrestler. He's got a presence. Have you seen the video online of the kid going crazy for just Samoa Joe's entrance music. No. It's this like eight-year-old kid standing on his chair and it's Samoa Joe's entrance music. That's all that's happening in the arena. And he is just going, Joe, Joe, Joe. Mm. So it's like he appeals to, you know, kids as well. He appeals to everyone because he is authentic. Uh, but yeah, the best line of this promo, bearing in mind it was Rene Young doing the backstage interview, the real-life wife of the injured Dean Ambrose, who Samoa Joe kayfabe injured, Uh, Because of me, the Shield will never be champions together. Because of me, Dean Ambrose is now a stay-at-home husband living off his wife's paycheck. A beautiful line, a beautiful delivery, and a perfect reaction from uh, from Renee. This was awesome. She just, she did enough of a reaction to show that she was annoyed, but she, she kept it back to be a professional yes so all it was so believable and you know that's a money line that sets up dean's first feud in uh in nine months or th- that's if he comes back as a face yeah let's uh, let's see if they remember it <laughs> yeah good point <laughs> uh next up we have braun Strowman beating rhino it was a match against rhino but braun Strowman, being awesome was like you're gonna stand outside and cheerlead Heath Slater, or are you going to get in and let me beat you up too? Yeah, I can't remember the exact line, but you mm. talked about hands or something. Uh, but yeah, this was um, a, a fun little segment. Crowd were very much into this because they just wanted to see him throw uh, running power slams. And he delivered in spades, just kept doing them over and over and over again. And, and you could tell that, I, th- I mean, I think that was Strowman reacting to the crowd. He was connecting with the crowd, which, you know, WWE do seem to be allergic to because... They played his music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they could play the music, but then be like, you know, yes. do as many as you want. Or Braun Strowman's like, I'm just going to keep body slamming guys. Yeah, it could have been Strowman. It could have been Rhino. It could have mm. been uh, Slater as the two WWE veterans. Point, Rhino, so yeah. I'm just saying, like, do it again. Mm. Um, so five in total after the match. Yeah, he was, that's all he was doing. He was just throwing body slams and just getting more and more over the more he did it. Whatever happened to that storyline between Rhino and Heath Slater, they were going to get extreme or whatever. Well, Rhino said, I'm going to toughen you up. Uh, and... This yeah, so he faced so Kane gonna, last was, week. So I'm going to do that by having a match for you. Yeah, or maybe you know, watch me. Do... I'm trying to explain <laughs> their actions. This is made for backstage skits or that's vignettes what we, that's where what they we train. Said, yeah. I know. Oh, mate, it's it's a real shame. But we had another uh, decent little um, backstage segment here. Yes, we did. With uh, Roman and Seth Rollins talking about, you know, them being S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers. Although Roman wasn't overly great, talking about, like, hey, you don't hurt a brother or something along those lines. Mm. But then you had the money man's Jason Jordan walk in and act like he was part of the S.H.I.E.L.D., like they were all now best buds because they're all champions. It was another great performance from Jason Jordan. And just the way... At the end, did he say anything? He, yeah. he said, he goes, you can believe that, and walked away. He just said it was such <laughs> smarminess. And, like, Roman sort of, like, sold it a little bit, but Seth Rollins' face of just like, did he just say, did he really just say that? Man. It was so great. Rollins and Jordan, I really hope, because, uh, you know, Seth has been two-dimensional for a while. I really hope this sort of 
bring something to him because he's got a lot to work here with Jordan. Well, and Rollins can perform. It's okay. We're going to see more of this when uh, Seth Rollins takes on Sheamus next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was just excellent. And um, Braun and Kane. Uh, before, what wasn't okay. before that? We had a little video package uh, to hype up the 25 years of Raw because oh. we got the Raw 25th wedding uh, wedding anniversary. Raw 25th anniversary coming up um, the next week. No, no, it's the go home show for January. Is it really? Uh, Rumble. 22nd of January. Okay, so it's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, And they showed, obviously, the big moments of Raw. There were, like, Steve Austin in there. There was some John Cena stuff. But, oh no, of course, it was the architects of the Attitude Era that they were showing this week, which was DX invading WCW, which, as we all know, as if you watch any of the Attitude Era documentaries, they will tell you started the war and more or less ended it. Mm. Mm. In one one failed in, invasion. <laughs> in one very small segment that they did three weeks after, each one progressively worse, mm. and they never referenced them because they're all very bad or very racist. And on the same show, they used, uh, they sort of capitalised on a bullet club thing. Uh, who invaded Raw last uh, last year? Yes, they did, and they and WWE reacted very badly and sent cease and desists. Yep. So you know, there's always that. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Um, backstage, Braun runs into Kane. Um, this was so bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kane, he just wanted to have a talk. Yeah. He wanted to have a talk about them being alpha monsters, which is a term that you're not keen on. Well, I don't think anyone in their right mind would be keen on. Like, why? First of all, it sounds terrible. Second of all, from a character perspective, Kane's verbiage is bad, mm-hmm. but it's not alpha monster bad. They're cartoon characters. That is, it is atrocious. Like who, it just, it undermines everything. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, that's only a word, it's not, or a phrase rather. What's really damaging here is that Braun and Kane are meant to be really viciously feuding with each other. And Kane just walks out and is like, hey man, you want to, Backstage chat. Maybe we could team up, defeat the beast yep. incarnate. Yeah, me and you. You literally tried to kill the guy just a few months ago. I would much prefer to see. Why aren't you telling the story of three really big? Look, no one wants to see this match, but if you're gonna do it, why don't you tell the story of three very large, big, sweaty men all hating each other and all going at it? Why are you telling the story of all political intrigue? I'm going to backstab and make alliances. I don't want to see that from this feud. What I want to see is the SummerSlam main events. Exactly. Again. Exactly. So, yeah, that was bad. That was atrocious. We had another backstage segment. God, we had quite a few mm. of these, didn't we, in a row? Uh, but Kurt's on the phone um, talking with someone. I can't remember what he was talking, he was talking about now. Uh, but in walks Finn Balor, mm. who cuts not a great promo. And, it's not uh, his strength. It's not his strength. But do you know what? As I said in my Finn Balor video, if you don't think he's a good talker, don't have him cut promos. Just put someone else who can cut promo instead for him. So here we have, he's, he's found some tag team partners. Who is it? It's Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yep. And everyone looks so happy. <laughs> and like... they, they, the three of them were just grinning here. They were grinning in the match later on. All over social media, they're grinning. The the like the the closing two suite of the match later on for the celebrations. Carl Anderson is trying to look mean, but he's obviously very happy. Yeah. Finn Balor is just beaming, and Luke Gallows is also beaming, really happy. We finally did it two years after we joined WWE. It's so funny. I think Carl Anderson put something up on um, Twitter or Instagram or one of those things uh, where he just said he goes patience. 
eventually it will pay off. Mm. And it was, and it, and it's true because this was a moment. As soon as they walked in, the crowd popped really big for it because this is kind of the team that we've been wanting them to do since uh, Balor came back, and because he's had an absolutely awful 2017, mm. really, uh, aside from one match with AJ Styles, and we've just been like, God, man, you've got these two doing now. You've got this guy doing now. Stop putting him in a bloody feud with Bray Wyatt. Put these three together, and let's let's work with this. And it's such a shame that it, this feels like a very short-term thing. Do you think I, I don't think it is, but it totally could be because you know, if this time next week and they're not together and it's never mentioned again, I can totally see that happening. But with the Dean Ambrose injury, and you know everything was built around the Shield reunion tour, a lot of the house show dates for the next few months, and now Dean Ambrose can't do those, and who's going to feud with the three-man faction of the Miztourage? I and Miz is coming back next week. I feel like they're actually gonna. This is gonna be a unit, and I hope they get something resembling a push. Uh, and the Royal Rumble, like, what better thing to do in the Royal Rumble than have alliances and teams and factions and stare-offs? Yeah, but you you've already got that in um, the Women's Royal Rumble though, because you've got Absolution mm-hmm. and Riot Squad and the Welcoming Committee. So you don't want to do that same storyline in uh, in your other. Rumble. It doesn't have to be. The same storyline. I, th- I think. I think you can get away with it for the rumbles. I yeah. I like you because my twiz was kind of like it sort of blew up the following day, which is like Ballot Club debuts, Ballot Club debuts, mm. and I didn't see it as a Ballot Club debut. I saw it as we need two guys to be in this match. This will be a fun thing for the crowd. Let's do it for this one show. Or um, Ballot's going into a feud with the Miz. He's got the Miztourage, mm. so we'll put um, Gallows and Anderson with him until that feud kind of comes to its natural conclusion, and then they can go go their separate ways. The same when um, AJ Styles had the club. Yeah, it was just the, he only had the club because Roman had the family or whatever it was, or like Roman only had the family because AJ had mm. the club. So you just sort of do these as very short term things, and then after a while, you just sort of forget about it and you move on with your lives. I yeah I I'm not going to argue this because I can totally see that happening. I just I'm going to go on the side of optimism. I would love to go on the side I, of optimism I, because I this want, I want this to carry on. But this is what I've been wanting for quite some time. As mm. I said earlier, I think this is good. This is a great thing for all three guys. But I feel that if this was something they were planning to do long term, they would have made a bigger deal out of it as opposed to it just being randomly announced in a backstage segment for a throwaway match against the Miztourage and Elias. That's the problem, because I saw a lot of reactions to this episode of Raw being like, oh, best Raw in months. Obviously, it was the best Raw of 2018. I'm not going to make that joke again. But uh, Love the, those jokes. You were doing I do, that, I do, doing I that do. all yesterday. Uh, but the... It's like... It, it is good. So most of the people who liked the episode of Raw, it was mainly, yeah, Balor Club, they're finally together. Bullet Club in WWE. And... I, they didn't have a build. No. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, if if we were to say the same, like, yeah, they're together, it would be the same as us saying the Shield reunion was good. Yeah. When really it wasn't. It was sort of thrown together. There was no real reason for them to unite. Actually, it was the Miztourage again. It was the Miztourage again and Braun Strowman and Kane of the, you know. No, that was later down the line. That was later, yeah. So it's not a well thought out story, but because they haven't teamed together before in WWE it has been a smart thing like I don't know how much 
the wider mainstream audience knows about this connection. No, and but they were trying to do their best putting that over yeah, on they, commentary they because they were like they've well. they traveled the world. And you know, this crowd we'll, we'll get onto the match a bit later, but they, there was lots of two sweet chants, mm. including the whoop whoop. So there is a portion, you know, Bullet Club t-shirts are, they're worn at shows more than WWE t-shirts are at this point. So it feels like this is the sort of thing that can travel further than perhaps you're giving it credit for. Let's hope. Let's, Let's hope. hope. So next up, we had Roman Reigns taking on Samoa Joe in this uh, Intercontinental title match. The story being, if Reigns is DQ'd, he'd lose the title. And that's after the previous week where... Roman Reigns got DQ'd in that match. Yeah, I thought this actually was going to lead to a uh, Randy Orton Christian finish. Uh, yeah. That's what I was expecting. But, so uh, Joe taunting Reigns into into getting DQ'd. That's right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's what I was expecting. But actually what we got was just a very, very good match. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, really great. Uh, went, went like 15, 20 minutes. Easy, good amount of time. Easily match of the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, guess it would be. Until Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow. In WWE. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, yeah, I thought all the stuff at the end with Reigns trying to use the steps and Joe being like, come on, please. Yeah. Uh, and the the finish where the referee nearly disqualified Reigns and that yeah. played into the finish. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. I thought it was a really great near fall from the Uranagi. Roman Reigns is very good at late kickouts. Mm. He's very, very good at that. And the crowd was so into this match. They were so into Reigns. Eventually. They were so into Reigns. They were so into Joe. And they were really into the match by the end of it. But that, that you say, like, eventually, that's just the, the, the WWE. It's the way they've been conditioned to react. You don't care about the start. You just care about the end. So then it cuts backstage to Kurt Angle watching this from one of the most ridiculous angles. <laughs> I don't seen. even think he was looking at the TV. It was like, TV here... I, you know, he's yeah, he's looking in the, the wrong direction. He was looking at that poster for Country and Western or whatever mm. that, that Shawn Michaels movie is. Or maybe it's one of those curved TVs. <laughs> so while we can see that corner, it actually curves all the way around. Yeah, or yeah. he's just got two TVs set up. Ah, and you can't see... Of course, that's yeah. what they're doing. Of course. Uh, Angle's watching this finish from the TV, and then Paul Heyman walks in and says, hey, if Kane and Braun Strowman team up, then Brock will be proactive not reactive, implying that Brock will kill them? Kill them I I guess so, yeah. I, you know, this was a bit weak. I I don't know why it nagged at me, but... It's because you're very naggy this week. Very, uh, yeah, naggy this week. I thought in sort of kayfabe terms, that came Braun conversation that no one else could see. (laughs) So how how did... Because that happens all the time, you know. Yeah, I suppose. So how does Paul Heyman know that they're plotting? Um, maybe it's it's just his intuition. You know, he's been he's been in this game a long time. He knows these things. It's not Alpha Monster, so I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> Next up, we had Cedric. Oh God, what happened here? <laughs> Drew Gulak and Araya Davari uh, came out to read a prepared statement from Enzo Amore because yep. he couldn't take on Cedric Alexander. Feels like this title match is going to get postponed indefinitely because Rich Swan was was meant to originally face Enzo, but he yep. got arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, it's going to happen on the Royal Rumble kickoff show, right? Yeah, probably. That's the best place for it, I suppose. Or oh, that amazing 205 Live tour <laughs> I've heard so much about. Yeah, with Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. So the sad thing here is Drew Gulak does an amazing version of Enzo's usual kind of promo, but in Drew Gulak mode, where he's a couple of haters. No, oh, no, sorry. A couple of haters. Well, you were a couple of haters. That's wrong. A couple of haters. Yeah. Very good. I loved that. He's so good, but no one reacts to it. Well, it's because, like, it's the cruiserweights. No one knows not to care when the cruiserweights come out. But because people like, care about Enzo. 
Yeah, but Endo, Endo wasn't a cruiserweight guy. Mm. He was a main roster star who has just gone into the cruiserweight star. That's why he seems like the biggest star there is because he'd already been treated like a star before he got there. Because like when Cedric's music hits, I mean, you can use the term a pin drop, mm. but there was no pop whatsoever. It's like when Kalisto came back. Oh my god, that was a that was a misfire. I don't like Cedric Alexander's Kalisto? music. No? no, it gets stuck in my head. In the dark, never really So Cedric came out and said, "Well, you know, to, <coughs> excuse me, two of you, let's have a tag match then. And, uh, who's your tag partner going to be?" <laughs> I was like, "Is it going to be T.J. Perkins? Yeah. Where's he been? Is it going to be Kalisto? Is it going to be? I can't even think of any other baby faces they've got. Uh, Mus- uh, uh, Mustafa Ali? No. Oh yes, Mustafa Ali." Uh, the one with the mask, Lince Dorado. Mm-hmm. It could have Grand Metalik. Grand Metalik. It could have been any All one of them. Those guys could have even been Zack Saber Jr. Hideo Itami. They're pushing him at the moment. Oh. Could have been him. It could have been Pete Dunne. But who was it? It was Gold Dust. It was Gold Dust, which is a bit odd. Um, I have written here, huh? Gold Dust. Hmm. How weird is that? What a weird, weird selection. I don't know what else there is to. S- I don't know what to say. <laughs> They did it again on 205 Live as well. I don't know what to say. Like, they tag teamed again on 205 Live. So, is Goldust now part of the 205 Live brand? At 240. No, I really want them to drop the weight definitions of this division so you can have more, you know, people can move out and in and it's not confined by this 205 weight limit. Although, someone pointed out gold, the substance of gold, is measured differently to. human weight so actually in gold weight he's under the 205 pound weight why oh man why wasn't that on commentary Corey Graves like, should have been on Corey that. Graves or yeah. you know, even Cole I wouldn't have suge- I wouldn't have expected Booker T to come no, up with that because so. Booker T was just talking about um, other stuff but if either of those had said that I'd have gone right I'm in that's yeah, fine okay. I, I, I buy into that now that's really clever mm. Yeah, and gold dust for the new champion. Yeah, congratulations to whoever said that. This hasn't quite helped me my uh, 2018 prediction of Goldust getting one final big run, though. No, no or maybe this is the start, because they, they pointed this out on Wrestling Observer Radio, and Goldust was by far the most over person in this match. Even when he did the hot tag back to Cedric Alexander for the finish, the crowd went, pff, like, completely <laughs> fell flat again. And it's like Goldust, although he is a nostalgia act, and he's got, got good heat from that, he is... So far at the bottom of Raw's roster, but he's all, he's at the top of 205 Live. Yeah. In terms of reaction. It really, really it's, condemns yeah, him and Enzo. Live, yeah. yeah. Um, which, which is a real shame, I suppose. What, what really happened to Goldust heel turn? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is that to say? So then we had uh, the Ballot Club. The, the Ballot Club's match. <laughs> the grinning Ballot Club. Mm. The happiest tag team in yes. the world. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to be dastardly, <laughs> kind of semi-tweener heel faces, but we're really we're happy about so, it. I've, I haven't seen Finn Balor smile this much since I saw him have a photo next to his Christmas tree. Yeah. Like, he was just beaming from ear to ear while he was making his entrance. That thing he does, where he yeah. just stands very straight. Yeah, but he was... like that, yeah. This big smile on his face, he's like, I'm getting to tag with my best friends now. Mm. It's going to be great. Uh, so Elias was doing some... Uh, performing in the middle, and the Mr. Raj came out and did some uh, a rendition of Old Lang Syne. Yep, uh, it was brilliantly bad. It was brilliantly bad. It, Curtis it... Axel was. The, I mean, maybe he's a really, really, really good singer because I think to be that bad, you have to know all the ways to sing. Well, did you? Know, have you ever heard the story from School of Rock? 
the 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 film, the uh, the great Richard uh, mm-hmm. Linklater it's film, an amazing film. It is an amazing film, but one of the best of all time, right? Um, <laughs> was, uh, so the character Summer in mm-hmm. uh, there's a gag in that when she tries to sing and she sings very badly. In actuality, the little girl that played Summer is a really great singer. She was mm. very good, and it took her. Richard Linklater had to say it was one song. Like this is how you sing badly. Because when you're a really good singer, it's very difficult mm. for you to know how to not sing properly. Like you and I, not the world's greatest singers, so we can sing badly. It's yeah, fine. we're fine with that. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was something like that. Maybe someone had to take him aside and be like, look, this is how you sing badly, if indeed he is a very good singer. Because he's Mr. Perfect Son. Mm-hmm. And he should be good at everything. And he, yeah. exactly. And as we know, Mr. Perfect had a, a very successful music career for that mm. one brief moment in WCW when they decided not to capitalise on that. Um, but this was this was quite fun. It reminded me, actually, of the first time you showed me your Nia Jax entrance music video when you were just like, you were always off time with everything. I thought I was on time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, well, that's quite bad. But it's yeah. it's mostly just because you're offbeat with everything you need to be saying. I thought it was bad. I didn't know it was as bad as Luke told me it was. <laughs> so that was a, a bit. A bit it wasn't just me. Music career. It wasn't just me. It went down very well with everyone else. No, no. no. They the all f- said it was amazing. The first draft you did. Oh, the first draft. Yeah. Yeah. No, your final one was fine. So yeah, the that this was the the Ballad Club made short work really of uh, this this six man tag. Yeah. And yeah, they celebrated <laughs> with their greens. Also written here, of course, Axel dominates Finn. Yeah, yeah, and then it was like, didn't they win? Then he won with the magic killer, and then the, the coup de grace. Yeah, the top. but he, uh, they only started to win when the um, the uh, Luke the Gallows, Gallows and Anderson came in. We yeah, Gallows in particular, the big one. Mm. Yeah, so still not. The, we'll get there. Come on, come on, WWE. <laughs> You've got something. All you just need is to run with it. The crowd want to cheer. We want to get behind them. And then the main event. Oh yeah, this was a this was a bad main event to Raw, mm. a main event segment, uh, we should say. This yep. was a very standard Paul Heyman promo. If you if if Brock Lesnar has ever been in a multi-person match, you can guarantee that Paul Heyman has cut this promo before. Yeah, it was a it was a stock Paul Heyman promo it came, out, and it's great because Paul Heyman's great, but it was just not really a lot to say. And then Kane's music hit. And then Kane came down. There was a choke slam. Brock did the Undertaker sit up. They had a very weak pull apart brawl. Well, the the laugh and the laugh as well. Yeah, Brock Lesnar a... laughed as he sat up. Then they did a weak pull apart brawl, and then the show ended. And mm. I was like, okay, no brawn, no yeah. brawn. Like I was expecting a big three way like um, uh, al- um, alpha monster melee, mm. but we didn't get that at all. We just got a very very lame pull apart brawl that uh yeah I, I didn't think it was particularly good yeah i guess like i mean you've got a few more weeks until royal rumble maybe you want the three-way brawl to be your big go home one and that's when you have the locker room empty really overused now by the way yeah uh, and it's a shame because it can be very effective when deployed at the right time but this was it it just felt so weak when kane was pulled apart from Brock. Exactly. If you are going to do the three-way brawl later on, which you know you probably should do, maybe the the go home show or the twenty fifth anniversary mm-hmm. show, your go home angle. Uh, fine, do it then. Don't do the pull apart brawl with the locker room emptying this week. Yes. Just do Kane choke slamming him, walking up the ramp, and him doing the Undertaker sit up and laughing, and just end the show there. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Although I did really, really like Brock laughing because I thought that spoke directly back to. Uh, Brock's SummerSlam match with The Undertaker 
where you know they they're mm-hmm. both laughing at each other and Undertaker's like, <laughs> yes, and then they start hitting each other, which is one of my like one of my all time favorite WWE memories. Yep, and Brock ended Taker's streak. Kane is Undertaker's brother. I just thought. I mean, maybe they didn't intend this at all, but I, I, I really, really liked that. I thought that was a nice yeah. uh, moment of continuity. It's a SmackDown review, Maggle. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown Live opened with let, an oh, AJ well, Styles. Let, 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 let me guess. Was it Shane and Daniel Bryan bickering? Yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But it was. Uh, it is. It does feel like SmackDown's in a bit of a treading water period at the moment with their main feud. But I do. I I think they are adding a little bit more each week. I mean, it's their one and only storyline. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it, I I I really like this kind of dynamic. I thought it was much better in the main event, but here it was just when AJ came out. I was like, okay, this is a bit different. AJ's opening the show. Lovely stuff. He's gonna recap what happened last <laughs> week, <laughs> and he almost did. Yeah. Um, but then when Brian and Shane came out, I was like, Eesh, man, like I've seen this. Mm. Like we don't have to start every single week building the storyline in the same format. So, I, yeah. I really wish they did, like, you know, with with larger arcing stories that are told over months, you don't actually have to tell that story every week. You can have, like, everyone take a break and fight in different matchups like they would in a actual combat sport. You know, I'm just going to fight this match this week because it's the match I've been scheduled to fight uh, but no, it's just the same loop of stuff that pretty they, much, they, yeah. You get, uh, but uh, style into. style said that he will still be WWE champion come WrestleMania. These were his New Year's resolutions, and he will main event the show. I, mm. There's a certain big dog that uh, will disagree with that one and make sure yeah. that he does not stick to that resolution. But I reckon he will be champion come WrestleMania. So then he called out Daniel Bryan to <laughs> excuse me to explain himself for letting Sami Zayn be at ringside last week, which was why AJ lost to Kevin Owens. Uh, and Brian comes out, but before he gets a chance to answer, Shane McMahon comes out and says, ex- "Boy, Shane," and says exactly what AJ Styles had just said, mm-hmm. but says, "I also want to know." Shane, he just wants to recap. <laughs> Let the man recap. Uh, yeah, so the crowd both chanted for uh, Brian and Shane, mm-hmm. and in fact, AJ Styles was super over as well. Yep, the cro- when he came out, and it just shows at the start of these WWE. TV events, the crowd want to cheer, but they are. I, I I have real sympathy for the crowds, and I just think they're beaten down with short squash matches or or too long matches that aren't that interesting, mm-hmm. and loads and loads of in ring promos and backstage segments. Yeah, but essentially Shane McMahon sort of said some stuff, and he accused Brian of colluding with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami yeah. Zayn, like they're forming some sort of an alliance. I really like this chapter of the story this week, in but. Particularly Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan said very little mm. in this promo because he wasn't allowed to, because Shane kept stealing the spotlight. AJ had asked him to come out, but Shane came out and said, "Like, what do I want to know as well?" And then Shane just kept talking, and Daniel Bryan was just like, "Hey, if you're going to be at ringside, so am I." Yeah, yes, and that was it. And then later on in the night, I, I loved his final promo and the way that he said things and the way that he acted throughout the match, kind of further teasing this heel turn. I'm mm. using big air quotes for podcast listeners um, and this kind of alliance that he might be doing with Kevin and Sammy. Or is he doing an alliance with Kevin and Sammy? It's because he has said in previous weeks that he wants nothing to do with them. Mm. But it's just a really, really interesting dynamic. It's. I really don't know what way they, they're going to go. And multiple ways all seem equally rational. Yeah. So... Really good work by sending up lots of different spinning plates, 
but they'll probably reveal Chad Gable is someone's son. <laughs> give it something no one wants. I mean, I've I got no issue with this storyline at the moment, mm. and actually, I have a lot of faith that it's going to play out really well. I'm really excited for their match at the Royal Rumble. Um, but you're right; they got these spinning plates. My only issue with it, though, is that they're, just, they're all they're focusing on these spinning plates, yeah, and yeah. the rest of the card just suffers because of that. It's the same problem they've Definitely. had since Survivor Series. They haven't had any other storylines. Um, and Helena Cell. Yeah, uh, actually, then, yeah, before, before then, then, yeah, crikey. So all you have are just feuds. And again, I'm using big air quotes mm. for podcast listeners. Because um, like Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode didn't have a storyline. They just had a match. Dolph Ziggler was just added out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, and then he won, and then he left. And that doesn't really feel like that's much of a storyline. And now we just got a bunch of matches to set up a new champion. Rusev day and new day are feuding over the word day i think and pancakes and pancakes um and you've got the riot squad feuding with all of the other women um which is just the, it's been the same thing week in week out and monday to tuesday because it's the same <laughs> thing on raw well it was it's, it's sort of changed in recent weeks yeah the only thing i'll add here is that shane and brian played their roles very well although shane when the crowd were going crazy at the start and they were going like, Daniel, Brian, or yes, or whatever it was. And chime for Shane as well. Shane just flattened them out. And he doled all the chance by doing a Shane promo, which isn't really engaging. And it was pretty flat. What up, Orlando? Uh, yeah. But then AJ at the end really conveyed him being quite annoyed by these two authority figures, which plays into the main event. Really does. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the first match was the Usos taking on American Beta, Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Uh, this was because American Beta won the number one contenders match the previous week, mm -hmm. uh, but it really should have been Rusev Day. <laughs> yeah. the, the crowd chanted along with Usos Penitentiary, which I haven't heard them do before. I think they've done it a couple of times now, but um, this was very, very quick action to start. Like they, mm. like this was, explosive they did about 12,000 moves before the first ad break and then I went back and checked which was only a minute the first ad break came 34 seconds into wow. the match but they did so many moves in those 34 seconds like there were dives there was a moonsault there was a top rope suplex it was all loads of stuff in that first 34 seconds it was because you got four minutes of ads for the rest holds <laughs> exactly yeah now you can see the rest holds in the screen at the top <laughs> don't want to miss the rest holds in the ad break god heaven forbid but they they came back and and then they only had about two minutes of action and American Beta won. Yes, they did. But mm. uh, so I genuinely thought that was the finish. So did I for a moment. Yeah. And I was like, what the are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they just put the belts randomly on them in a match. Because I've written here, that should have been on pay-per-view. Yeah. Because this match on pay-per-view would be really good. If you're given like 15 minutes where you don't have ad breaks that kind of like force you into having mm. a 15 minute match in a two minute period. But they threw one of the Usos into the barricade, went in, hit their top ropes uh, move, and pinned him. But then, and this... I try not to use too many uh, naughty words mm, in here. Not naughty, Luke. Naughty Luke. But this pissed me off. Because this... Uh, another referee came down and told the ref that was officiating the match, ah, Chad Gable wasn't the legal man, and the one who's outside the ring is the legal mm. man. This guy in here isn't the legal man. That ma that fall shouldn't have counted. And the ref was like, oh, sorry, my mistake. Went over to Greg Hamilton and said, like, oh, sorry, my bad. We're going to restart this match. Mm. And then it went in, and the Usos won and retained their tag titles. Why this pissed me off is because you can't just pull this out. Because this they'll probably never do this again. 
So when there's now dodgy officiating down the line, or all the dodgy officiating that's happened previously, you're like, well, why wasn't why didn't another ref come out and say, yeah, yeah that was wrong. You you missed that person cheating. Uh, you missed this bit of interference. This person had a visual pin, like AJ Styles, Kevin Owens last yeah. week, like. AJ had Kevin Owens pins, but the referee missed it because he was distracted. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Owens won. Why didn't the ref come down and be like, you missed the uh, pinfall. AJ actually had that match won, but there was chasing and shenanigans. And now the, so the wrong guy won. And later on in, in this night, in this very same show, there was screwy officiating, but no ref came down to say, like, you missed that visual pinfall there. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. I, uh, I mean, that is... I do agree with you completely, but the the side of my brain that says, but it's wrestling, these things happen, well, that, switch, yeah. switch that bit off. What annoyed me more was that it took another referee to come out and say that to the referee to, to restart the match. Why weren't the Usos absolutely outraged? They were. But they like they weren't screaming at... I, think, I felt like that the referee should have been persuaded to review the footage by the Usos being so incredulous rather than another referee because then you've just like the heat should be with the Usos well I really don't think you should have introduced like replay footage I mean it's going to be bad did because the way. ref pointed to the screen and said like look I've already queued up yeah. the, uh, the the footage for you to have a look at I thought this was a this this storyline made well this this mm. finish made no sense yeah it was it was I didn't like the booking of the finish. No, I didn't uh, either. But it was good action. The Usos won shortly after the restart. One last bit. Greg Hamilton, when he introduced the championship match, he's the ring announcer, did not say one fall at all. No. Usually absolutely. he speaks very quickly so the crowd can't chant along with it. But now it seems they've taken taken that part out. Well, that's because the crowd won it. Like, that's crowd fun that they didn't create. Yeah. Therefore, they can't have it. But the crowd have only got so many pops. <laughs> Can't be using it on rules. <laughs> Backstage with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Renee Young does an interview. Uh, they, Sami, they, they, this was a nicely structured promo around saying the word "yep." Yes, I mean that's all their promos are these mm. days, but they do it very, very well. Yeah, uh, they they're so good that even though I love Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens probably more than any other act in WWE because I followed them so long before them. Uh, they made me. They made me annoyed. Yeah, I wanted to see them get beaten up. Absolutely, and uh, that's how annoying they were. And Sammy botched his line by calling himself Seven. Mm-hmm. Very seven good. Zane. Yeah, Seven Zane. But thankfully, Kevin Owens is there, quick as a flash, to be like, "It's okay. It doesn't matter that you said seven, because yeah. <laughs> you're still going to win tonight." <laughs> uh, Breezango and the Bludgeon Brothers next. Yep. Uh, match didn't start. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers sort of beat them up before the bell rang. Then the Ascension came out and they got beaten up too. Uh, next. Yeah. It's more holding pattern stuff. Yep. Yeah. This, this, this feud must continue. I wish that... Like, why not just give them some more jobbers or... Yeah, there must be well, another on... way to schedule this. To keep this feud going. Because you, you can tell stories from week to week and not make it repetitive. Yeah, absolutely. But I, it's WWE. Tag team booking's not really their strong suit. Um, which is why Seth Rollins has been feuding with Sheamus and Cesaro since last bloody summer. Yeah. And it feels like... I honestly, I honestly got it feels like they're going to be feuding until WrestleMania. Like, I really get the feeling they're going to yeah. be in this feud until WrestleMania now. New Day and Rusev Day were backstage next. Xavier Woods had a blindfold on and Kofi and Big E were like saying, we've got a surprise for you. It was a 2018 cake. And, made of and pancakes. Made of pancakes. 
and they, it was their way to wish him luck for the US title tournament. And this really it made the US title tournament feel like something. Yep. And uh, then the always excellent Rusev day, mm-hmm. uh, Rusev and Aiden English interrupted. But then my favourite part of it was when a- when Rusev cuts a promo about how silly they are, and then he stole his wish. He blew out the candle and then walked off, and Xavier Woods was like, he stole my wish. Mm. He stole my wish. It was great. So, yeah, and said the US title will be ours. Yeah. So this is all good stuff, and I really, I, I love tournaments. Mm-hmm. I like I like the US title picture right now. Uh, they're building various feuds. The whole Dolph Ziggler thing in the background is still very intriguing. This made it feel like a bigger deal that stuff is happening backstage that plays into the, the what's at stake. But have you seen any of the stuff on Twitter that Xavier Woods and Aiden English did to build this? No. Xavier Woods has been like saying, you know, Xavier Woods... 2018 like it's a presidential campaign Mm -hmm. and he's been dressing up in suits recording like little packages on twitter and one of them was an interview with blue pants oh really yeah and he was like blue pants tell me what was it like working with aiden english in nxt oh because of the ford villains yeah Yeah, when they won the tag team titles yeah and she would like you know say how horrible he is and he's like well that's why you you shouldn't get behind english for 2018 oh that's very good so it's like but that's good why not have that on the show (laughs) Because the writers didn't think of it. Mm. Which plays directly into what happened next. Mojo Rawley cut a promo. Mojo Rawley is a very good promo, but he was only given 30 seconds here. And he was intense. He, you know, he did it well. Woo, woo, woo. He said it threateningly at the end. But why? It could be better. He, he's he's got enough talent to cut a good promo we've seen it on twitter when he cut those extraordinary promos yeah but this really feels as well like this is smackdown's new way of presenting promos Mm. where it's not just um my guest at this time question um it's now just uh the guy standing in profile against like a green tarpaulin and cutting a promo because baron corbin stood in the exact same position and cut a promo later entering himself into the royal rumble yeah yeah it's uh and I, I'm a big fan of wrestlers looking directly into the camera to cut a promo. Yeah. I think that's a Rather very than effective... sort of looking off yeah. camera, not even looking at the interviewer, looking yeah. off camera. Looking at that TV that they put over there, the curve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that this, it's it's just so WWE, isn't it? Like, you're so close, but it just doesn't feel good for whatever reason. Yeah. And what a terrible backdrop. <laughs> it does look like the one that Matt Hardy's got, yeah. which is meant to look rubbish. Yeah. Like, why don't they have flames <laughs> what you want is you want like the 1980s promo where you cut a promo in front of your logo that would be great no i want i want uh the armageddon set oh oh well with, like, I mean, burnt we, out yeah, cars in well, the background yeah, you can't do that for every show though can you that ruins armageddon then okay well then you had xavier woods taking on aiden english rusev was in the ring to help uh aiden english and uh, aiden english is gonna introduce himself and Rusev, but Rusev is like, no, no, no. This is your match. I will sing Rusev Day. Yeah. And Rusev sang Rusev Day to hype Aiden up. I thought this was a lovely moment. Yeah, I thought this was great. I thought English's uh, reaction to it was brilliant. I thought the song that Rusev sang was also great. I thought this was awesome. These are a very, very good pair. Mm. It's because Rusev is obviously the star here. But I think they're doing a very good job at keeping Aiden English at the same level. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. this really helped that by Rusev not just being... Because it happens so much in WWE where the more dominant just treats the other one like a lackey. 
And that's, you know, that's what Aidan English is. He's just the guy who sings Rusev's entrance music. But they're they're making it more of a, a friendly, we're just bastard heels together. <laughs> Aidan English, who we should never forget, holds a victory over Randy Orton. Yeah. DQ, but still <laughs> but the, very good. Picked the, the history books show that he won the match. Mm. Uh, so this was a pretty decent match, I thought. Yeah, it was yeah. A, you know, a fairly fine uh, TV match. Quick action to start with. English slowed it down by doing some headlocks. It was the only match in the night that didn't have an ad break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Woods won. Yeah, I I, lo- I really like Woods. I've liked Woods from his Consequences Creed, Creed days, days yeah. in TNA. Uh, but what was weird to me, he hit a lumbar check. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and I've never noticed that in his repertoire before correct me if i'm wrong but like isn't that really frowned upon when you use another guy's finish as a setup move well jason jordan is using eric young's finisher at the moment but that's different rosters i mean i, I know brought on smackdown but because it well it just means now that eric young has either got to have a new finisher when he comes up to the main roster which means he's got to start again from scratch to get that over um or eric young just changes it now but yeah, I I agree. It's, it should, I thought it was frowned upon. Yeah, uh, although it looks great, I love that move. It's just yeah, but it looks better as a finisher, and it looks better when yeah. um uh when Cedric does it because he does it on guys that are much smaller, mm. so they like they fly up in the air. They do yeah. they do rock selling a stunner. Mm. Uh, but Xavier won with the the up up down down elbow. Is that what it's called? And Scooby Doo, mate. I re- I like that elbow. It's a great um, elbow, yeah. but I don't know if that's what it's called. Um, so. Jinder Mahal was watching from backstage. He was, Sing Brothers. because he's going to be facing yeah. um, Xavier Woods next week. Which, I I really want a Woods singles run. Yeah? Yeah. I think now's the time. Don't break up the new day. I'm not saying that. Just Woods is going to go for a singles title. I think that, that would work really well for the new day as well. Hmm. That kind of just breaks them up. They're not always in the same holding pattern, really. You can kind of sp- can yeah. all go spread their wings, but like the shield. Like yeah. they can all go off into their separate feuds unless you're Seth Rollins and you're in the same feud for 12 months. Um, and then you uh, you can come back together for when you need six persons. Yeah, and I Woods could be a good US champion. He's a great promo. I really enjoy his wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lovely. There we go. Oh, mate, we've got one of my favourite moments, or my all, away, always buddy. my favourite moments of SmackDown when you have four SmackDown women standing in a row yeah. as they cut a promo because the welcoming committee are back together. What happened to Natalia's Clash of Champions promo? I've written that down here too. She sort of teased retirement. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what everyone read it yeah. as. But And then she was like, I'm turning my back on the uh, mm. WWE universe and the women's division. But now that now she's just like Bessie mates with um, some of the people that, uh, yeah, that she apparently turned her back on. It was, but, but it whatever. was just done for the sake of doing it, it seems. Yeah, pretty much. Completely baffling uh, and but again, undermines I, anyone who wants to run a, a genuine promo like that in the future. But again, actually, it really does highlight the fact that maybe this uh, the, the Women's Royal Rumble was decided quite late in the day, possibly mm. after Natalia had cut that promo, because they're like, oh, actually, we've got the Rumble to hype possibly, now, yeah. so and we need we need every available hand we've got, so we need to put Natalia back into, uh, into regular competition. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's yeah, another bit of evidence to weight that theory. Mm. Why bring back the welcoming committee? Because of all the names. <laughs> <laughs> because they like I, I guess they're really into like um 
uh, faction warfare on SmackDown at the moment, but it doesn't really feel like it's faction warfare because no. there was a moment actually. Corey, I've actually written this down. Corey Graves said earlier in the night that Riot Squad have torn through the women's division since they debuted, and I was like, no, they haven't. They lost a match a couple of weeks ago, mm. and every time they get stood up or anyone stands up to them, they run away. They haven't run through anything for the first three weeks, definitely. But yeah. ever since, which is now a month, I guess. No, 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 not at all. They have uh, have really run cold on the the mm. right squad, and that's through no fault of the three girls. Maybe Sarah Logan, but like no fault of the three girls. Sarah Logan, <laughs> why you mean Sarah Logan? She do a great job. Yeah, she's Just, a, it's a bit uh, I don't know where you go. A bit with. Tommy Wiseau from the ring. <laughs> but I've run really cold on them. It's through no fault of their own. It's just through their quite pants booking. Mm. Uh, so this turned into a match. The Riot Squad taking on the welcoming committee, who were the welcoming committee minus Lana on the outside. Commercial break for the majority of this. It certainly was. And Sarah Logan beat Tamina with a cartwheel knee. Yeah. Which wasn't impressive. <laughs> no. I, I like, I, I, it happened and I thought, that's a cool move, but why aren't I impressed? <laughs> It's because seems like a good idea. It's because it just feels like it's so slow. That's it. Like yes. when you want to, when you're doing a big kick move like that, it needs to have like quick, fast yeah. impact. Like it can come out of nowhere. But it felt like I've got to slowly do my mm. cartwheel, and then gravity is going to do the rest for me. Yeah. As opposed to it being like like Black Mass or something like that, where he just turns around like boom, just kicks you Definitely. right in the face. This yeah, it felt like more of a transition move. It was a falling knee, yeah. rather than a running knee. It's like when um, Dana Brooke in NXT because there's what WWE likes to do if you're very good at athletics if you're a woman they're like do something really athletic like um, uh, Bliss doing like the Twisted Bliss and mm. or whatever she Sparkle Splash as it used to be called in NXT Dana Brooke used to do the thing where she'd do like a big handstand and then would drop an elbow from it which kind of it looks impressive but at the same time you're like oh, but actually that would do less damage than if you just dropped a regular elbow drop it's psyching people out <laughs> I can do this to you I can do minimal damage to you yeah. for maximum effort uh, so after this, the Riot Squad stood there and Ruby cut, uh, I thought, a pretty decent promo. Yeah. She, she is a good promo. She is a good... I don't think she actually tagged into the match. Mm. Only She might have done during the commercial break. She, But the, the content of her promo was pretty poor, I thought. Mm-hmm. Although her delivery was good. So it's like Orlando... We So Orlando Magic, the... Basketball team. Basketball team. <laughs> yeah, did you not see uh, Carl Malone yep. at ringside? Doing DDP. Yeah, because he's DDP's buddy. Yeah. He's uh, a main, main the, event at WCW pay-per-views. That was one of my favourite moments of the show. Uh, and Disney World is there? In Orlando, yes, there is. So yeah. that's magical. That anyway, is. so she's like, don't believe in magic. It's not real. The Riot Squad are real. The crowd were chanting what? But it kind of fired up Ruby more. Yeah. The what chant is mostly bad, but sometimes it really works. Uh, and I thought this was one of those occasions. Can you believe that people have been chanting what now for uh, we are now 16, 17 years? 17 years people have been doing that. 17 years. Luke, we've been through this. If I were to tell, if I was to pose that one out of 100 people is an idiot, you would say, well, that's way too low. And that's why the what thing has caught on. <laughs> okay. I thought about this during Raw as well. When Rhino came out and people were chanting ECW, I was like, ECW closed its doors mm. in 2001, guys, come on. It's a bit like us chanting for stuff that, like in the 90s, if we'd have been chanting for stuff that was popular in the 1970s. Yeah, times have changed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they the Riot Squad entered themselves into the Royal Rumble match, the women's one, of course, not the men's one. And Charlotte came out and cut out. A terrible. <laughs> it was oh, quite bad. It was so cringy. Yeah. 
Poor so, old Charlotte. She was yeah. given some duff material to work with here. Like because of course, right? The Riot Squad's promo was all about magic's rubbish. We're real. <laughs> We're yeah. Which you know was what heels. was poor. But okay, you're real. Charlotte comes out. Oh, I do believe in the power of dreams. <laughs> it's one thing when the New Day do it. Ironically. I, but it's really bad when your women's champion comes out, A, without her championship, mm. and B, then talk about, like, I do believe that dreams can come true, and I believe in the power of magic. And I'm like, oh, this is very bad. Yeah. Uh, really terrible. And she brought out, and then she was like, I've got someone who, you know, wants to have a word with you or get revenge. And out came Naomi. And I was like, huh, I thought that would be Becky Lynch. <laughs> Well, no, Why I, is Naomi here? Because you need three on three. Yeah. Because last week you did it three on three, so this week you need to do it again. Control C, Control V. I just thought, why couldn't Naomi come out with Charlotte and then they could <laughs> yeah, both could... introduce Becky Lynch? Because I think Naomi wants to do her knee slide. Yeah. Well, she gets and, to do you got, and you got to do, see um, Charlotte uh, dancing along to her entrance mm. music, so, you know, there's always that. But then she said, oh, and there's someone else, and said the exact same line again. It wasn't really well built up, but then Becky Lynch's music hit and all was forgotten, and I was like, good grief, I've missed her. Yeah, I've missed Becky. Like, she came out, and instantly she's so cool, she's genuine, she looks fired up and happy at the same time, the perfect mix. Her music's awesome, she ran down, she laid down the squad. I didn't even mind the Riot Squad being made to look weak here because I was like I was so happy Becky Lynch was back. It's fine because yes. Becky's the big returning baby face, so it's fine for the heels to get taken out there. Mm. It doesn't help when the heels get taken out the week previous and, and all the other times. So that's when it kind of like backfires a little bit. Yeah. But I'm glad to see Becky back. Uh but as I said in my SmackDown Live review, you have ten women on your SmackDown roster. They all don't need to be in the same bloody storyline. Yeah, yeah. Uh Baron Corbin next, uh on the Matt Hardy uh, <laughs> Backdrop announced himself for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Baron Corbin's going to be in there. I wonder what we're going to do with Corbin this year. I don't know. Should we? Should we have a talk about that later? <laughs> what are we going to do with him? <laughs> just, I don't know. Just what are we going to do with Corbin this year? Because Money in the Bank didn't work. US Champ didn't work. Like. What's next? Didn't even get over with a feud with Kalisto. <laughs> well, there's uh, no uh, help in that. Sinkara. The Sinkara chairs, Matt. Am I getting them mixed up? Am I getting yeah, the luchadors mixed up? You are, yeah. Sinkara, you've got, you got the wrong lucha dragon. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, so Kalisto was the chairs match, which was actually surprisingly good. Yes. yes You're okay. racist. My bad. Just masks. <laughs> they all look the same to me. Um, AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn was the main event. Styles came out first. Then everyone in charge of SmackDown yep, came out. Absolutely. So Brian and Shane. And then Sami Zayn came out with Kevin Owens in tow. Mm-hmm. Uh, good match. Like, yeah. just... AJ Styles and Sami Zayn wrestled. A good TV match. Mm. There's, so I've written down here, does anyone take a blue thunderbomb better than AJ Styles? I mean, because he can throw himself around. Just, like, and it, it's it, like a fidget spinner it, up there. It felt like he was doing multiple rotations. Mm. It almost felt like Sami Zayn was um, Zangief in Street Fighter doing this huge like spinning pile driver thing. It was wonderful. Don't get the reference. And I love the way cool AJ puts cool people well. I played a bit of Street Fighter. Oh yeah, yeah. On the uh, on the SNES, the retro SNES over the Christmas period. Oh really? Yeah, there was a it was an insane, very complicated, planned out tournament between five of us. Oh yeah, there was knock. Everyone played everyone, but then everyone also played everyone again in the knockout phase. Very yeah, complicated. Very complicated. Who was your character of choice? Uh, I like 
the the lady I believe you say thick legs thunder legs thunder thighs thick legs yeah yeah Chun Li Chun Li that's her yeah, yeah I like the kicks ba, 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 ba. yeah just tap one button who's yours um, my character of choice mm. um, Bison and Bison okay is I was told oh is he the guy with the arms that stretch that's really uh, Dalsim is Bison the kind of monster guy that's Blanca Blanca's the guy I was told to fight with because apparently he can beat anyone if you're not very good uh oh no but it's yeah i mean you can use the electricity but it's tough because you need to be good at charges if okay. you can do um if you're gonna go as blanca we watched the to, to psych us up for this we watched the finals of one of the street fighter tournaments oh nice and the, have you ever seen it where the guy blocks all of john yeah. lee's kicks yeah he parries them ah uh, that's it he parries them yeah incredible this was also very good though we got <laughs> sidetracked Styles and Zane was very good. Yeah. I love the way AJ puts on the calf crusher, for instance. It's so great. Yeah. I love it. And I thought that was great selling from Sammy as well when yeah. he was near, near in the tap. He was in it for quite a long time as well, <laughs> um, which I, I was very surprised. I was exp- I was expecting him to tap. But when he was like, I thought he's going to tap here. But then, and this is kind of a problem with this sort of booking, I suppose. I was there going like, well, I'm sure he's going to tap soon. And then thought to myself, oh, we can't though, because we haven't had any interaction yet with the guys on the outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what was happening on the outside was Shane and Kevin Owens were kind of clashing occasionally and Brian was acting as the hey guys sort it out so you still don't know where Brian's allegiances were until possibly the end of the match the finish the referee falls out the ring and Kevin Owens sort of stands in front of him and is like are you okay (laughs) your leg okay it looks like your leg hurts stopping the referee from getting back into the ring to count the visible pin that AJ has on Sami Zayn and the referee you know referee's really trying to get back in it was very funny stuff and then uh, the referee does get back in but Uh, Shane tells the referee to eject Kevin Owens from ringside Brian says that Shane might as well get thrown out too yeah it was brilliant Shane like Shane says the referee you need to eject him and the referee was like I agree Kevin Owens you're out of here because prior to that Shane Mm. had pushed Kevin Owens over and then Daniel Bryan just got on the house mic and it's like, well, Shane, if he's going to be ejected from ringside, you should be too. Yeah. Because you've also got involved in this. Mm-hmm. And so Shane was kind of looking and was like, say what now? Really and- bad facials from Shane. Oh, no, I kind of liked it, I suppose. Nah. Because he looked at him and was being like, what are you doing? Okay, okay. So that face, what are you doing? Like, Which is this. It, sorry, podcast listeners, you're going to have to go to YouTube. It's this. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? Yeah. So it's like... So, okay, that's your expression. That expression does not change for the rest of the show <laughs> okay. when other developments happen. Yeah, okay, maybe. So Daniel Bryan, after, in this confusion, when Bryan said, you should get thrown out too, Shane McMahon does goofface, Sami Zayn hits the halluva kick and gets the pin on AJ Styles. Well, even better, like, because I really love this this finish. Mm. It's not even just that um, Sami hit the halluva kick on and distracted AJ Styles. AJ Styles was distracted by Kevin Owens getting up on the apron. So even after he'd been ejected, Kevin Owens was trying to interfere in the match. And because Shane wasn't leaving after the referee had said, you need to go, the referee was dealing with mm. Shane, he missed the interference, but did see the halluva kick, yeah. and then Sammy got the pin. It was a really well-constructed uh, thing. And I remember this from last year. It almost feels like it's not last year, technically, the year previous, when AJ was first WWE champion and he lost like three weeks in a row to James Ellsworth and, and Dean Ambrose and that mm. sort of thing. And I saw a lot of people going like, oh, it's just burying AJ. I was like, well, not really, because AJ clearly yes. could... He won all those matches, but Dean always caused him to lose and AJ's the heel. And it's fine. You know, AJ has lost two weeks in a row now to Kevin and Sammy, but 
has not looked weak in either one of them because yeah. in both matches he did have the match won. But idiots on the outside, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, and now Daniel Bryan, are causing him to lose. So frustratingly, he grabbed the microphone and said, like, this is stupid. I may as well be booked in a handicap match. And so Daniel Bryan got on the microphone mm. and said, at the Royal Rumble, AJ Styles will defend the WWE Championship against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a handicap match. And he had this look on his face where I was like, that is a really heel move. And you've yeah. got a heel facial expressions about you. Because again, Shane was looking and was like, what are you doing? And, same, and facial same, fa- same facial expression. He's only got the one, mm. two maybe. He's got smug as well. And AJ was in the ring going like, oh, I wasn't serious. Like, and then, yeah. but, and you had Kevin and Sammy going doing yep and stuff. This was great, really, really good, really, really liked it. AJ's facials as well was, you know, he was sort of like, "You are just bickering like children." Yeah. Oh my god, you've screwed me up because of all all, all the yeah. tension you've got, you Loved guys it, have. Yeah. And Brian's, yeah, he really. It was the most heelish he's felt so far. It really is. But, yeah, uh, he still could go the other way. Raw Raw Smackdown, which one this week? Is that the right way to say it? There's a poll above our head. Click the I up there. Uh, what do, What are you going to go well, I was going to ask you first. Okay, so I'll go first. You, you kick us off. The tw- it's the first, first Wrestle Ramble Smackdown v Raw of 2018. Where are your thoughts lying? And this is episode 102 of Wrestle Ramble. Something like that. Something like that. I lose count. 1,002. <laughs> uh, I, it's weird because talking about Smackdown, specifically the end angle there, I feel like SmackDown's my favourite show of the week, but I... ah, this is tough. I wouldn't say either show was brilliant. No, I thought they were both like either average or SmackDown yeah, in the middle. Yeah, it's it's the lower end of average. Oh, it's tough. I'm gonna go raw. I'm gonna go raw. Yeah, you see, I'm in the same boat as you. Mm. At the start of this show, at the start of this record, rather, I was like, yeah, Raw was definitely the better show this week because you had the Samoa Joe-Roman Reigns match, which I really liked. I also liked Asuka versus Bliss, although I have some issues um, surrounding that. Really enjoying Jason Jordan's work at the moment and his storyline with Seth Rollins. So I was kind of looking at that, I was like, well, that's definitely it. But then I look at the this main event picture on SmackDown mm. Live, and I'm really, really digging it. And I think it is the most interesting thing. I mean, it's the only interesting thing on SmackDown at the moment, but it might be one of my, my favourite things in WWE at the moment mm. so maybe it is Smackdown but I think given that, that that's all there was to Smackdown because you take that away and it's a nothing show yeah. um, so I, I'm going to go with Raw as well Raw as well what a, what a nice show to come back to uh, for 2018 it was fun getting back into the studio and doing a wrestle ramble it was, I've missed it yeah. I did miss it uh, I'll dread it in a couple of weeks' time when I'm sick of it again. <laughs> but for, for this one, I, I did miss yeah, it. Yeah, I've got to be honest. When I woke up at half past five on Monday to watch uh, Raw, I mean, I was awake anyway because of the, the excruciating pain, but at the same time, I was like, I mean, I don't really want to get up and watch Raw mm. now. It was quite nice when I could watch it at a very leisurely pace. Um, I I kind of wanted... I need remembered afterwards, but, you know, what's the big talking point coming out of 2017 that we haven't capitalised on? Um, the fishmonger. Oh right, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean it was good to see he, yeah. he got over uh, with the Smart well, Nation. I don't think he got over. <laughs> I think he proved that he's a B. He's a C plus player, <laughs> not a C plus player. Uh, so C, I get it. I am determined to to somehow fudge him into <laughs> Saturday's episode. So oh, yeah. it's something to look forward to. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It'll probably be very underwhelming. So, some iTunes reviews. The wild boy, Harry Iveson, writes, Great 
all-round rambling. This podcast is one of the best things I've listened to. I love tuning in on YouTube and iTunes to get my weekly dose of rambling, thrice weekly actually. I've been a fan of WrestleTalk from when they used to have their own TV show ages ago. And when I saw that they had a YouTube channel, I subscribed straight away. Sorry, my mouth is filling up with... I'm, I haven't done this for a bit. That's <laughs> just salivating at the idea of a nice mm. review. <laughs> After that one star that's still in the view. I'm going to scroll up a bit so I can't see that. Luke and Dolly, I think that's how I spell it, are the best. Love your work. Keep it up. And please never stop rambling. My drives to and from work have never been the same since I downloaded the podcast. Hashtag Swaft. Hashtag for the drive to 500,000 subscribers. Damn, that's a long hashtag. Great. Cheers. Lovely, lovely stuff. Harry. Cheers, Harry. Thank you very much. So, my, I felt like my crap was quite you sarcastic. Were very, oh, thanks. Thanks, Harry. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. I'm just a bit tired. You did, like, you crashed out after lunch. Yeah. I feel like we, we did the, the ramble and then, because um, it like, pulling, peeling back the curtain. It's now currently 6 p.m. I actually need, I didn't realize how late it was. I mm. thought it was 5. Um, so I should be leaving soon. But. You, we finished the ramble at about half past one, and I feel you just crashed out then. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still adjusting to real life again. I mean, I haven't written my weekend news, uh, my weekend video script yet, mm. so I'm, I'm also a little bit behind. God, it's Wednesday as well, isn't I it? I know. I suddenly thought about that. I've got to get them done tomorrow. We're down a day. Yeah, I need to get uh, them done tomorrow so I can record them and, and give it's them. Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Oh tomorrow. no! Ah, oh, damn! I forgot about that as well. Bugger. Well, I'll have it on in yeah, the background. I'll have it on in the background. Uh, and finally, God, what is this username? Huey Quibbid, it's just a random mismatch of letters. Yeah. Apologies if that's your actual name, but I know no language that puts letters together that <laughs> way. So it's probably Welsh. Best in the world. Everything is great about the podcast, but what makes it really special? <laughs> Luke and Ollie. Whether it is their intriguing rambling or fantastic wrestling insight, it's definitely worth a listen. Thank you, that sir. Thank you, Huggo Quibbid. So we will see you on Saturday for something or other definitely some fishmonger a Wrestle Kingdom 12 review yeah Uh, yeah we'll see you then love you bye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.